0: Welcome to Frank Shelton's podcast on life, leadership, and our Lord. Frank is an author, evangelist, and one of the most sought-after speakers in America. Frank is married to his sweetheart, Ruth, and they have two children and live near Washington, D.C. After working two decades on Capitol Hill, he left by faith to preach the gospel. He served five years on staff with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and he was a chaplain at three Summer Olympics. Today, Frank has preached on five continents and addressed audiences at stadiums over 120,000 in attendance. His TV ministry, By Faith with Frank Shelton, airs weekly to over 150 million homes worldwide. And today, he's thrilled to speak to you. Enjoy today's message by our host, Frank Shelton.
1: This week, we have a special guest, and it's my high honor to have one of the biggest acts in all of Christian contemporary music, Nicole C. Mullins. And Nicole, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks so
2: much for having me,
1: Frank. Oh, you are the best. And you know what? I feel like God could call and take me home tonight, because having the chance to have you on, we've, we've reached the pinnacle. So thank you so much. You're very kind. And uh, my daughter is nine years old. She turned nine this past week, Hannah Grace. And uh, we are some of your biggest fans. And everyone in the world loves Redeemer. And when I call on Jesus and Hannah loves that black, white, tan, that mocha song that you made. <laughs> 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 and, uh... I just thank God for the huge doors He's opened for you, and I I had the pleasure just to meet you briefly. I'm now on the advisory board for Praise Fest Ministries. I've been on all three cruises, and we had you on on 07, and two years later, people are still talking about your song. So I'm going to stop, you start, but in a nutshell, tell us what Jesus means to you.
2: Wow. um, Like the scripture says, in Him we live, we move, we breathe, and we have our being. Um, There's no life outside of Him, and so I'm very conscious of that. Um, I am so grateful that he took um, notice of me at a young age. When I was eight years old, um, I gave my heart to him and it was kind of out of a bet. Um, I was I was in trouble at church and I often say that we were in church, you know, eight, nine, ten days a week because both, pa- both of my grandparents are Pentecostal pastors, so it seemed as if we lived there. But this one particular Friday night, I was in trouble and my dad had promised me a, a whooping instead of a spanking. And I said, the difference between the two is a whooping has a little singing to it. And it did not tell you. Now, attached so to it. But um during that time I remembered I was just saying, Okay, Lord, I know you've been knocking on my heart's door for the past couple of weeks and I've been saying I'm a little too young and uh but tonight if you can get me out of this predicament then I won't be a little too young. Amen so, that night he kept his end of the bargain and somehow or another my dad he completely forgot. And uh so I I remembered before I jumped into bed that I'd made a deal with God. And I love to say this and the fact is that since he always keeps his promises, I knew I had to keep mine. And so Amen. that night I surrendered my life to him. I asked him to forgive me of my sins. I asked him to change me and to use my life to do something great for him. Um at that time, if you had looked at me, you would have never thought that God would do anything special because there was nothing to notice, you know, and still there isn't outside of Christ in me. And um but I'm so amazed at how God, He can look throughout all time and space, He can look throughout all the planets and throughout all the continents and throughout all the countries mm-hmm. and all the, the states and the cities and the neighborhoods and how he sees us as individuals and that particular that particular night he did just that and so um, at the age of eight I made the great exchange and mm-hmm. um, I've been walking with Christ ever since. There are times I've been faithless; he's been faithful. There are times I've been I've fallen; he's he's remained strong. There are times I've been unloving, but he has remained love. And um, so I am here to testify about the goodness of God. And again, without Him, there is no life in the coastie Mullen. Amen. I hide in Him. I live in Him. I breathe in Him. I move in Him. And um, so um, I'm, you know, I, I love what He's doing. I love the journey He has me on. I love the adventures that He's allowed me to see and experience. And um, again, if there's any good in me, it is because of Jesus Christ. And Amen. so um, that's who I celebrate.
1: Wow. Well, Billy Graham and uh, T.D. Jakes used to be my favorite preacher, but I think you now make the cut. <laughs> You can give an invitation right there. Well, man, praise the Lord, because, uh, you know, it's neat to hear you say that because there's a story behind every song. And the truth is you walk and talk, you live and breathe what you believe. So thank you for that powerful testimony. And I believe uh, God made much of us. So we truly need to make much of him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that verse. God uses the foolish to confound the wise because uh, I heard one time Jerry Rice, the great wide receiver, played all those years for the San Francisco 49ers, said he didn't even like on Monday mornings to watch the film of him playing. Now, when I sat back and watched him play, it was like poetry in motion. He felt like it was slow motion and awkward. I heard Harrison Ford never once went to a screening to see his own movie on opening night because he couldn't stand to stare at himself. Mm -hmm. And then to hear you feel like you're awkward or unqualified, gosh, because we just look at you as larger than life, but at the foot of the cross, we're the same. That's the truth. And we just say, here I am, send me. And not only has he sent you, but boy, he has given you a song in your heart and he has used you. To minister not only to the body of Christ, Christians, and church, but, boy, he has blessed you to sing all around the world. So I thank God for your song and your story, and uh, God is going to continue to open up huge, huge doors for you. You're now with Women of Faith, is that correct?
2: Yes, I'm doing some conferences with Women of Faith, and we'll be doing 10 this year. Wow. And um, so we, we do our first one, I think, next weekend in um, Billings, Montana. Wow. And then majority of them are in the fall. And um, I travel with a lot of kids with me, and they're called Team NCM. And they're between the ages of 10 years old all the way to 16. And um, they dance, they sing, and they act. So Mm -hmm. if people come out to Women of Faith conferences or any of other concerts that I'll be having between now and then, then they'll be able to see Team NCM. And uh, just to see these young kids worshiping the Lord through their, their gifts and through the arts is, um, to me, very special. Oh, man. And to see that they're really living up to First Timothy 4.12, which says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But you set an example for the believer in your speech, your life, your love, your faith, and in your purity. And so that's what we're seeing them do, seeing them model. And um, I'm loving it. Again, I'm loving the journey that God has us
1: on. Oh, man. Well, God bless you. Were you a dreamer as a kid, Nicole?
2: Oh, I was. I was one, you know, I always wanted to sing. I wanted to travel. I didn't know how God was going to do it, but I had this confidence on the inside of me that if it was His will, He would work it out. Amen. And so I knew it was up to me to practice, practice, practice. And so I would, you know, get into the bathroom with a toothbrush or a hairbrush in my hand as if it was my microphone and sing to my heart's content, you know. And um, I just dreamt of of God using me to touch people's lives for, for good. And um, I didn't know how. I didn't, couldn't always build the right scenarios in my head. And so now these days, my dream is just to be where he wants me to be. Amen. My dream is really to be used by Christ and to be effective. And he knows the best way to do that. I, I was telling somebody this morning that I no longer have preferences. Mm. You know, there are things that, you know, at times we would say, I'd rather not do this, rather not do that. But I'm learning to live without my preferences and to say, really, Amen. he has commanded me to take up my cross daily and follow him. It is not to be a convenient Christian. He's called me to live the life of Christ and to model, you know, the, the faith that Jesus Christ is living out through me. And so um, I have to resign from my own checklist of what I think I want to do in 5, 10, 15 years. And really when it comes down to it, honestly, I want to be what God, what Christ Amen. wants me to be. Because that's where I'm going to be most effective. And, and and that's where I'm going to receive the joy that he
1: has for Amen. me. Amen. Yeah, you said, quote, if it's his will, God will work it out. And I love that quote, when God guides, he provides Sure does. And the scripture says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. It's neat to hear about your dream. Do you know what my dream is? What? Car- carrying your luggage on tour.
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: Oh, man, you don't need me to speak. I would just be glad just to be on the bus or the plane or the train. But, man, God is so good. Well, let me ask you, so many of your songs have ministered to me, honestly, in the darkest days of my life. And um, if you could sing one more song at your next concert, knowing it would be your last concert, what song epitomizes your heart right now for the Lord?
2: Oh, see, that's often hard because picking... To me, it's kind of like picking, your favorite. Yeah. It's like picking your favorite child, and that can get you in trouble. <laughs> um, but I would say I know one that is probably ministered to more people is probably Redeemer. I would say. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: and for me, that was one that um, I, I still say I was just God's secretary that day taking notes. You know. Wow. I remember I was sitting in my little music room, and I was reading the scriptures of Job. And I was challenged by the fact that at the intro of the, of the book, God and the devil are having a conversation, and that messes my theology right there, which is good, because mm. the Bible has the right to do that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I'm thinking, okay, God is having a conversation with the devil. And then God actually asked the devil, have you considered my servant Job? He's blameless in all his ways. There's none like him. The devil didn't come to God after Job. God... Said, "Have you considered my servant?" As if he was bragging about. Amen. God. That's good. And so then the devil said, "Yeah, well, he only serves you because you've given him all this good stuff, you know." And it um, it makes me think about us, you know, as believers in in the West, you know, do we only serve him because of good times? But then Job experienced hard times, and and Job actually said, then. Is it right just to worship God in the good times and not to take from him the bad, you know? And so anyway, long story short, before I give away it all, um, Job is allowed to be, um, his life is just ravished. I mean, the devil goes down, and he, in one day, he sends a tornado to Job's kid's house, and they were just having a good celebration, a good party, and um, the house falls in. Now all 10 of his kids are dead. Um, the, The devil goes out to the field, and he caused destruction among the animals, and, you know, some of them are taken off, some of them are slaughtered. And now all of Job's animals are gone, which means his finances are gone. And then eventually his health is gone. The devil was allowed to afflict his body. And so um, Job is sitting there in the midst of his depression, and his friends, they come from out of town, they can't give him any answers. They don't know what's going on, but they accuse him of doing something wrong. They don't know that God said Job was blameless. And so Job does not have answers. He doesn't know like we know the end of the story now. He didn't know that in the end he would be restored. He didn't know that God would give him 10 more children back. He didn't know that his economy would change. You know, he didn't know that he would gain riches back and twice as much as he had lost. He wasn't aware of that. But in the midst of his darkest night, in the midst of his depression, in the midst of his lack of knowing, he actually says, then, but I do know that my Redeemer lives. And in the last day, he's going to stand upon the earth. And though my body be destroyed, in my flesh, I'm going to see God. He hoped against hope. He prophesied of the Messiah. And he knew that the Redeemer of all mankind is alive and well. And so I, I was thinking that afternoon And when I sat there, if Job can proclaim this in the midst of his darkest night, mm. how much more can we? Amen. How much more can we even now? You know, in the midst of our ever-changing economy, our government shifts, you know, it'll, it'll change one day and the next day it'll do something else. That's not where our hope is. Amen. This is not our kingdom. You know, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And we can still have hope because our, our Redeemer, He's not dead. Amen. Our Redeemer is not silent. He's not asleep. But our Redeemer is alive and He is well. And wow. because He is, we can face today and we can face tomorrow. Amen. So um, that's my declaration.
1: Man. Yeah. Wow, praise the Lord. Well, if I could get you to sing at my funeral, I think I'd be willing to go <laughs> today. <laughs> Man. Well, I heard someone once said the first time that Jesus came, He came as a kid. Yeah. And the next time he comes, he's coming as the king. The first yeah. time he came, he came in poverty. The next time he comes, he's coming in power. Yeah. The first time he came, he rode on a donkey. But the next time he comes, he's coming on a winning white stallion. Mm-hmm. And I love the first time he came, he stood before Pontius Pilate. But the next time he comes, Pontius Pilate and the whole wide world is stand going to stand him. before him. And the blessing mm. is we are on the winning side. Not the wayward side, and uh, man, your song says it best. Because why follow a dead god when you can live for the living Lord? Amen.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Man,
1: well, that, that's worth shouting about. Amen. <laughs> wow. Well, Nicole, we just uh, my guest last week was uh, Matthew Dunaway, who put on that whole Praise Fest Ministries cruise. You may recall, and Lord willing. Oh, yes. In 2010, we're going to Jamaica, so um, would you be willing to give a 20-second plug what Praise Fest Ministries meant to you when you and your family got to come uh, two years ago? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just, uh, just in a nutshell, you sang, and gosh, I think that one night we had about 15,000 people show up and you brought the house down and you sang on the cruise and then you did some school assemblies. But what I love about Praise Fest is they're building unity in the community. It's not a denomination. It's not a black thing, white thing. It was a God thing. Definitely. And uh, yeah, if you would like to just say a word to pastors who may be listening to partner behind uh, maybe 2010 to come to Jamaica with us. Okay.
2: Um, definitely love to encourage you guys to come on out. I mean, it is a great um, cause it is a great way to evangelize. It is a great way to get your family involved. Amen. Um, there's something for everybody. We brought our children and uh, we brought them with us when we went to the schools. Um, we also brought dancers out, and mm-hmm. so we had a great time being able to minister one-on-one, and um, and as well to the crowd. Mm. Um, it was a great time of fun fellowship and even more importantly a great time of, of evangelism of Amen. us actually walking out our faith and so um, if you want to come out and have some fun and some fun in the, S-U-S-O-N, of the S-U-N, <laughs> then um, it's a great place to come so hopefully wow. you guys will get involved in doing
1: well well thank you so much nicole and I know uh, the whole praise fest team will be thrilled and Lord willing uh if the Lord don't lead you back we will cuz we'd love to have you come back. All right. Back. All right. But what would you say to that individual, that person who's down, running on empty? Can you give them a word of hope with 20 seconds left?
2: Um yes, I'm really Jesus Christ. Um he said if you call unto him he'll answer. And he's no more than a breath away. He's no more than a call away, a cry away. Call out to him. He will answer. He will renew you. He will restore you. And so um, he is hope. Because of him, we can face today and we can face tomorrow. Be encouraged.
1: Nicole, we love you and we're honored. And God bless your family. And thank you for taking the time to be a guest. Oh, uh, My pleasure. Thanks for having me. God bless you. Bye-bye.
0: for joining Frank Shelton today. Consider bringing Frank to your next outreach. Feel free to contact us at frank at frankshelton.com and look for us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Frank Shelton Jr. If you would like to partner with Frank Shelton Global, you can donate online at frankshelton.com. Your generosity will help us bring the word to the world.
1: This is Frank Shelton reminding you when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. God bless you and go with God.
0: Tune in next week and God bless you.